Good morning, Raboisai. Ah, how's everybody doing? Ksubis daf tezayin beimenet daf. Today, Beis Hashem is starting a brand new parak. After we finished yesterday, the first parak of Ksubis, it's been an amazing ride so far. Such geshmak esugis, and it continues to be geshmak. The Mishnah says that we're going to the next step. Until now, we were talking about husband and wife fighting whether or not the wife was a psula when she got married. Now they're fighting after their marriage. After the woman became an almana, she became a grusha. And now the husband's saying, when I married you, you were an almana grusha. You only deserve one mana. She says, no, I was a psula, I deserve two. The woman must bring a raya in order for her to demand 200 that she was a psula when she got married. In other words, either she brings Aden that she went out with Hinuma, which the Gemara is going to explain, or that her hair was uncovered, came to her shoulders, that they gave out dried wheat at the wedding, that they danced, they sang, they gave a kaisho bracha made out of truma to show this is the first amount of food that you give to the Kayan. She's the first. They had another interesting meaning. They would bring a barrel of wine to the wedding. If she was a psula, the barrel was closed. If she was an almana, the barrel was open. Why did they have to bring you a barrel when she was an almana? Why did they have to embarrass her? The answer is because what if her husband dies and she grabs the ksuba money? And then she'll say that she was a psula. And they'll say, well, if you were a psula, how come there was no barrel of wine? She'll say, you know why? Because they forgot to bring the barrel of wine. So they made a takana. There's always a barrel of wine. Why did they forget? Rashi says, very interesting, the guests were drunk, they had aynas, but now we bring a barrel of wine, we either open it or close it, and then everybody knows whether or not she's a psula or a baula. Even according to Rabbi Gamliel, who in the first parak always said that we believe the woman no matter what, if she says this is her husband, we believe her, whatever the situation, but over here, since we have a bari and a bari, she's She's claiming that she was a psula. The husband is also claiming that she was not a psula. They're both equal. So Rabbi Gamliel admits that we don't trust her and she needs to bring Adam. On the other side, Rabbi Shua, who in the last parak argued with Rabbi Gamliel, and he says, we never trust the woman. Even in a case where the woman has a migui, we don't trust her. Yet, in a case where somebody comes forward and says, this field, this real estate used to be your father's and I bought it from him. Over here we trust him completely. Why? Because we have a new concept. This is called Shas Katan. We have all the concepts of Shas almost. We only know about this field that was owned by your father through me. That you have to trust me also that I bought it from him. It's a migu. Now, in this case, we don't have what we call a short shachat of anecha. We don't have a, an axe that's dead in front of us. Why? Because without this person telling you information and telling you that your father used to own it, you wouldn't know about this field at all. But when there's a case of a husband saying there's no psulim, he's the one bringing forth the claim when the husband is the teveya, then the woman doesn't have a migun. And the reason is, as Rashi explains so beautifully, 
that it's possible that as the husband claimed, hey, where's your psulim? She didn't think about all the best tainas. She couldn't, she might have been able to say mukasais, but she didn't. She didn't think about it. So therefore, she doesn't have that migur. You're right. When he, if she would have said mukasaits, she would have been mutter to kayan. It's much better. Another shot is that perhaps she's doing harama. She's saying, look, you have to believe me on my taina that I lost my psulim when I was engaged to you and I didn't say mukasaits because she wants to look, believe. So therefore, we don't trust her at all. What about raiv? The Torah says that we always go with the raiv, we always go with the majority, and we have a concept that most women, when they get married, they have psulim. So why don't we trust her that she had psulim? The answer is because most women, when they get married as psulois, they have a cull. Everybody knows about it. And the fact that this woman doesn't have a coil, that ruins the raiv. Now we're not concerned that if she has these edim, she's going to claim twice. And two batidim, she'll go to a different city and claim and get, and get her husband to pay her twice. Why either we hold like the Manda Omar that the husband writes a receipt, or in a case that there's no ksuba at all, then we must write a receipt. Therefore, if she loses her ksuba, she can't, collect on it unless she has Adim that it was burnt and there's no more ksuba left in the world and this is only in a place that you typically don't write a ksuba and the husband for some reason wrote her ksuba as Tysus explained that if it's in a place that you typically do write a ksuba then it would be also for this couple to live together without a ksuba so we have to be chayshish that perhaps the husband wrote her a second ksuba and one day she'll pull it out and try to collect again Have a wonderful day.